Welcome to Tax Breaks, the Moody's Tax Podcast, where you find informed discussions, lively debate, and sometimes a little lighthearted fun around tax issues in Canada, the United States, and around the world. Good day. My name is Kim Moody. I'm the CEO of Moody's Tax, and I'm here with my trusty colleague, Kenneth Kung. Hello, everyone. Kenneth is uh, Director of Canadian Tax, and as I always say, one of the smartest guys I've ever met in Canadian Tax. And you know, Kenneth, today is December 22nd, and before we pushed the record button, we were talking about, you know, family and holidays and lockdowns, and, mm-hmm. you know, today we're, you know, recording this from Calgary, and there's a whole bunch of snow coming down, and kind of makes it a little bit dreary, and but also Christmassy, you know, Christmas season, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, including some members of our team, that are not going to see family members, and so that's kind of sad, and uh, but you know we've got our usual brain thinking about family stuff on tax, and you know, we thought maybe we talked about prescribed rate loans <laughs> involving family members. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so if you're listening to this over, you know, over Christmas, uh, gather around the fire and grab a glass of wine because we're going to talk about prescribed rate loans, right, Kenneth? Yes, that's right. So. Uh, it's too bad I don't have a champagne bottle here because I'd I'd pop it because that's one of the last I would say pretty good income splitting tools that that that's still there right um, mm-hmm. back in 2017 when the private corporation tax proposals came out and the first version as you and I know Kenneth were just horrible and the first version shut down prescribed rate loans and mm-hmm. there is you know from our perspective. Um, didn't look like we'd be able to do it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then the uproar happened and and uh, came out with version two and version three and and ultimately prescribed rate loans are still there. Uh, but let's maybe take a take a step back. What is a prescribed rate loan, Kenneth? Maybe just describe yeah. what that is. Right. If if someone is just to transfer property to spouse or minor children all future income will be attributed back to the transferor. And there will be no point in terms of if you were trying to income split. So if I transfer a million dollars to my wife, Mm -hmm. any investment income that she receives off that or future capital gains is attributed back to me is what you're saying? Yes. Right. And same thing with minor children, except that for minor children, uh, it is just future income that is attributed back but not capital gain. Right. Um, and not only does it not achieve income splitting purposes, it's just a pain in the butt to, to track what needs to be attributed back each year. You know, just on that point, Kenneth, I don't know about you, but certainly for me, and I'm a lot older than you, unfortunately, but uh, I've seen a lot of non-compliance in this. You know, mm-hmm. people transfer assets to their spouses or to their kids and then think that it's as easy as that. Um, and so, have you ever seen in your career an audit on attribution? Because in my experience, I've seen, I can't even remember, uh, but it's very, very few attribution audits. Have you seen any? I have never seen an attribution audit, uh, but I guess it could be picked up on an overall audit. Now, the CRA is certainly very up to date and aware of the attribution rules because they have commented on it many times. They certainly have. Um, but on the, in terms of 
uh, auditors on the ground auditing it. Uh, we, I, we, we haven't seen much. Now, that also could be a function of um, just a lower rate of return. Could be that, yeah. yeah. It just seems to me that when people, going back to my example, I mean, I've seen a lot of non-compliance in this. You know, husband transfers assets to wife or vice versa or to their kids, and then, you know, future income is reported in those person's hands and there's no audit done so they think that what they did was brilliant planning mm -hmm. and yeah. so I think that's part of the problem with you know not auditing is yes there could be a lower rate of return when you audit but at the same time when you don't audit something it, it creates a false sense of security for people that do it over time yeah yeah it becomes what I call the friends version of tax hey you should do this mm -hmm. <laughs> So and, anyhow, that's a topic for another day. Yeah, and and one can argue if you knowingly do it, then it's gross negligence penalty that could apply as well. Yeah, totally agree. So let's carry on with the prescribed mm -hmm. rate loans. So. Right. So as I said, attribution occurs when you just simply transfer. But you can get around the attribution rule if you transfer the property and take back a loan. So instead of giving, say, my wife a million dollars, I loan a million dollars to her and I charge a rate of interest that is prescribed by the income tax regulations to be sufficient um, for this for the for the for the on the day I loan the money and right now that prescribed rate of interest due to the low interest rate environment is only one percent yeah that's pretty cheap I mean it, it was 1% for a long period of time, and then it increased to 2%, and it stayed that way, I can't remember how long, it, but it was a not that long period of time, and then it, and then it came back down to 1%, mm -hmm. I want to say July. in July. Yeah. July this year, 2020. Yeah. So, And, and, and that, that effectively means that when I loan the money, I need to charge a million dollars, I need to charge $10,000 of interest each year, and I would need to report $10,000 of income on my tax return, where's my wife? She can take that million dollar, invest it, earn whatever return she can, deduct the $10,000 interest she's paying me because she's using that money to earn, earn income. Uh, and any amount she earns over that $10,000 is taxed on her tax return under her marginal tax rates. And so when must she, in your example, pay that $10,000, though. Mm -hmm. Did you already talk about I that? Did not. I, I did not hear and you that, say that. That so. is key. Thank you very much. Uh, that interest must be paid on or before January 30th every year. 30th or 31st? 30th. 30 yeah. days after year. And I always get bugged by that, right? The legislation says 30 days, and mm -hmm. I get that. But on a typical prescribed rate loan, yeah, people operate on a, on a, you know, in their heads on a monthly basis. The legislation could have easily said by the end of the month following, you know, you could have said that, but no, it's very specific. 30 days, which is January 30th. Yeah. And so, so that we see, unfortunately, some non-compliance in that area as yeah. well. And it is very important because if you fall offside that payment requirement by the 30th, even once, um, that prescribed rate loan, uh, becomes bad forever. You right. will get attribution. You cannot fix it after after the fact if you even miss one 
yeah. one year. So it's pretty harsh. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some of the ways that you can do a prescribed rate loan, Kenneth? I mean, you, we talked about loans to spouses. Are there any other types of prescribed rate loans? Mm -hmm. uh, of course, you can do the same loan to minors uh, to avoid the attribution rule. And you can even do a prescribed rate loan to a family trust. For the benefit of the family. For the benefit of the family. Right. Now, loans to minors. I've always gotten into nice debates with lawyers on this. Some lawyers are adamant that you can have a loan to a minor. There's others that say, no, you, you can't contract with a minor. They, they don't know what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. So I always like to avoid that legal issue because I think it is a real legal issue. Um, and you know, any lawyers that want to debate us on that, I'm, I'm all ears and I want to learn. But, uh, but I just think the safer route is through a, through a trust. Mm -hmm. so, so describe that, Kenneth. Yeah. So... Uh, let's say, let's take let's say me and let's say I have children. I create, I establish a family trust. I can be the um, I can be the trustee. Uh, it will be someone else. Uh, let's say my grand, uh, my my parent who will be the um, settler, and but they will not be a beneficiary, and that's key. Uh, the settler shall never be a beneficiary or control the trust, and then the beneficiaries can be me, my wife, and my kids. In that case case um, and then I loan one million dollar to the family trust I charge prescribed rate of interest of one percent I make sure that the loan is properly documented as a bona fide loan because the last thing I want is for for myself to be considered a contributor to the trust thus triggering the reversionary trust rule but as long as it's a bona fide commercial loan that should be okay and then the, the trust will pay me 1% um, interest every year. And the trust can then use that money to invest. By 30 days after the end oh, of the yeah, year. Oh, 30 days, of course, yeah. uh, that, that the trust have to pay me the interest. And if the trust invests in publicly traded securities and other publicly available um, items like GICs, then, then even though the income is allocated from the trust to... Uh, family members, if, including minors, TOSI should not apply. So talk about TOSI, Kenneth. What is TOSI? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all know it's tax on split income, but do the TOSI rules specifically exempt a prescribed rate loan? Is it that objective in the, in the legislation? No, TOSI rules do not specify um, an exemption for prescribed rate loan. And the TOSI rules... But TOSI rules do apply and uh, do provide an exemption for dividends from publicly traded shares, capital gains from publicly traded shares, interest from publicly listed companies and banks, which means when the trust earns these kind of income, publicly available, publicly company dividends, capital gains, interest, uh, etc., those income are not subject to TOSI. And therefore, those income, when it's, in the, when it's paid to the hands of the beneficiaries, will be taxed at their marginal tax rates. So, and, and, the, and I'll just add the prescribed rate loan just prevent that income from being attributed back to the hands of the lender. So two elements there I've heard you say. One, the loaning and the proper documentation and payment of the interest prevents the attribution, the normal attribution rules from occurring. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, as long as the funds are invested in, in so-called right investments, 
which which are publicly traded uh, investments, then no TOSI. That's yeah. basically what I heard you say. Yeah. So what if I took the million dollars as trustee of that trust that you loaned in and invested it in Kim Moody company, private business? Does TOSI now apply? TOSI now applies because right. this is a um, private private business. Now, unless, well, you say Kim Moody, so this is my family trust. Uh, if I don't work for Kim Moody company at all, uh, I can argue that, and, and yeah, because you're not related. I'm right? not re- this is not. I, I argue this is not a related business, and it's still not subject to TOSI. Uh, but of course, that is not the usual fact pattern. Usually, I would that I would uh, that that money would go into a family business that I'm actually involved in. In that case, it is a related business, and TOSI will still apply. Right. So, the message there is: Yeah, you can. You can loan the money into a trust. You can avoid the reversionary trust rules. You can avoid the attribution rules. But at the end of the day, you still need to be very careful about what you're investing in as well yeah. so as to avoid TOSI. Yeah. And what happens if TOSI applies? I mean, you know, most of our audience probably knows, but just mm-hmm. just in case they don't, what happens if TOSI does apply? If TOSI does apply, the investment income distributed to the beneficiaries will be taxed at their top marginal tax rates. So even if... Let's say my wife has earned no income and and she gets $10,000 from this trust and it is subject to TOSI. That $10,000 will be taxed at the top marginal tax rate, which in Alberta is 48%. So basically it defeats the purpose of the prescribed rate loan, which the whole idea of the prescribed rate loan, like any kind of income splitting plan, is to use up family members' lower marginal tax rates. Mm-hmm. Um so a prescribed rate loan, that, that's generally why you're doing that. There's certainly non-tax benefits as well, such as the accumulation of assets and what have you. But the general idea is to use up the beneficiaries or the recipients' lower marginal tax rates. Yeah. So be very, very careful yeah. about TOSI application. When, when the TOSI rules first came out, we were worried that the prescribed rate loan to a trust won't work, even with property investments, because if, if the investment activities of the trust is maybe considered a business. It looks like TOSI will apply nonetheless. However, the CRA in the last two two years did come up with some technical interpretation that's provided their views that uh, TOSI shouldn't apply as long as it is invested in these uh, good investments, these publicly available investments. And is it fair to say that that interpretation, Kenneth, is somewhat debatable on a strict read of the legislation, but yeah. Having said that, you know we'll take the CRA's interpretation. Yeah, I'm not going to argue if I like the result, even, exactly. though, even though I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, tax geeks like Kenneth and I, you know, a strict read of it. I, I think we say that it's fairly debatable, but like we said, uh, it's a pretty generous interpretation by CRA, so we'll take it. So, all right. Well, I guess that's not necessarily a gift during the Christmas mm-hmm. season, but it's certainly a reminder to think about family and and well. Just to follow up on that point, because this, uh, this is also important too, when you when you allocate income from a trust to a beneficiary, you will actually have to make a gift to right. that beneficiary. Ah, Christmas gift. Yeah, <laughs> I, you cannot allocate. I cannot have the trust earn say fifty thousand dollars of investment income, and say on paper that I have allocated fifty thousand dollars to my minor child. No, you have and, to pay. And that minor child don't even know I did that. Right. Well, I have to 
pay it, but by pay, it could be a promissory note, an IOU, but that note has to be enforceable. And, um, and to, to make sure, you will want to make sure the beneficiary is actually aware that they have this note in their hand and they can call on it at any time. And we have heard CRA becoming way more aggressive in making sure that income is actually paid uh, or payable to a beneficiary in well, order what if for I'm the a income minor? to flow. What if I'm a minor? So uh, I'm a minor beneficiary of a prescribed rate trust. Are you telling me that I actually have to be notified of, of the existence of that note? I, I know I've talked to some lawyers mm -hmm. about this and, and I think if I recall the legal interpretation correctly, it was something along the lines of, well, listen, uh, as parent and guardian of that child, you basically act for that child and um, and therefore you physically don't have to go to the minor child and say, hey, little Johnny or little mm -hmm. Sally or little Kim, you've got, you know, the trust owes you a million dollars, for example. But at some point when that child becomes an adult, I think there's a legal issue there as to do you have to put them on notice? And, and mm -hmm. I think the better view is probably yes. Yes, probably yes at that but point. Yeah. I know we've talked to many trust lawyers. That's not really a tax issue per se, but like you said, um, it becomes a tax issue when the CRA starts mm -hmm. uh, calling on you to say, hey, did you actually make that amount payable to the beneficiary? So I, I think it's important to dot I's and cross T's and involve lawyers on this to make sure that it's done correctly. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe if you want to be ultra safe with the tax department, you, you do let little Johnny know that he has he now holds a million dollar check <laughs> in his hand that he can cash at any time. Hey, maybe this is good financial education. Start early. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> Kenneth. I, I think there'll be a lot of people that would probably debate you on that one. <laughs> so so uh, I guess that's it for, mm -hmm. for this. So hopefully it's been a bit of a reminder of a an oldie but a goodie and you know consider your family and all things tax and you know want to wish all of our listeners uh, a great holiday season merry christmas and let's uh, hope that 2021 is a much better year yeah yes <laughs> it's been pretty pretty challenging for all of us i think uh yeah so yeah all right thanks thanks as always kenneth Thank and you. and we'll talk soon all the best now bye all right